Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host Dan and joining me is my beautiful wife, Paula. Yay! And we are excited because we are going to reveal the name of our podcast, which is The Pill. And it stands for? Purpose, Influence, Life and Leadership. So huge shout out to Helen Million who gave us lots of inspiration for this name. Uh, she replied to one of our messages and gave us a whole heap of suggestions. We were able to grab a lot of them, put them together, and that's what we've come up with. So, to all of you out there, this is The Pill. So tonight, my wife and I are here, fresh off celebrating our 21 years of marriage. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a very special occasion, baby. It is. Happy anniversary. And to you, my love. Now, uh, what we thought is that it would be good for us to discuss marriage and some of the things that we've learnt. Um, so some of the questions I thought we'd, we'd answer, baby, is what makes a great marriage? Mm-hmm. And after 20 years of marriage... For you and I to discuss... 21. What? what? 21 years of marriage. I thought that's what I said. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. After 21 Mm -hmm. years of marriage, I thought it would be good for you and I to discuss what we've learnt so far. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, just to share some thoughts on that. So uh, for all of you out there that are listening, if you're married, if you're considering marriage, or if you're in a relationship... We hope that some of the value that we share tonight will apply across the board and hopefully you'll get something out of it. So what makes a great marriage? So I can only come and talk from my own experience. Um, What makes a great marriage? I believe um, I had this discussion today with a friend and I think communication is a huge thing. Um, being on the same page but if you haven't been raised to communicate effectively obviously you've got to be open and willing to learn so even now after 20 we've been married 21 years we've been together 24 25 years um we had different communication styles I was very abrupt and quite aggressive and I'd mainly talk when I'd be upset whereas my husband was communicating quite softly and gently so we had different communication styles and you've got to have a willingness to to want to make the relationship work yeah um and I think because I could see that sometimes my words were very piercing to my husband and he'd show up by his reaction and and his body language would be telling me that I could have done one of two things I could have not cared about his emotions and feelings and what I was saying because you know I was spoken to like that and I'm all good or I could actually acknowledge that he was, you know, not taking my words quite well um, and actually acknowledge that and make some changes accordingly. So for me, I, I'm still learning. I've, I've softened up a heck of a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're awesome. In <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to be encouraging and allow him to be the person he is. There are a number of things over the 21 years that we have gained um, but I believe communication is one of one of the main things. Um, but yes, 
So you're saying communication is what makes a marriage great. One yeah. one of the elements to making a great marriage. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree with that 100%. Um, it's amazing how a lot of relationships out there, you know, one spouse expects the other one to read their mind or yeah. um, they don't communicate and yet they expect to see things done. But yeah. um, there's nothing wrong with, with having a discussion. Mm. And I think one, one of the values you and I have in our marriage is that we always, we're always talking. Pillow talk, which is what we did consider naming the podcast. We couldn't because someone else had already used it. But mm-hmm. we thought pillow talk would suit you and I as a name for a podcast because um, that was something that we we always do. Mm. We always sit there after the day is done. When all the kids have gone to bed, we'll always lie down and, and have a good talk, have a good conversation. Actually, not even when we're just in bed. Like, even when we're driving in the car, we always, we're always talking, eh? Yeah, absolutely. And it's good because um, in those times of communication, that's when you hear the other person's heart. Mm. So that's why it's valuable is because I get to hear what you're saying yeah. out of the depths of your heart. Um, and to use scripture, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. So when you're hearing someone share, and especially your spouse, you're actually hearing what's really on their hearts. And yeah. uh, oftentimes when it comes to communication, when the initial dialogue begins, it's all the surface stuff that's sitting on top of the heart. Mm-hmm. And if you have the patience to be able to sit there and listen long enough, that's when you hear like the what would you call it, like the gist of the... The depth depth of of what they're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it all all begins to make sense. So Mm -hmm. sometimes it can be, and and I think this is, this especially applies to me, is uh, sometimes you have to be patient enough to allow the other person to get those words off their heart because Mm. eventually they'll get down to the bottom of the matter. Yeah, and I think for me, uh, because I don't know, because I'm a, a thinker, or because I'm a deep thinker, I guess it takes a long time sometimes, or majority of the time, for me to get to the bottom of what, <laughs> the the main point of what I'm trying to say. And mm. I think you do you you do extremely well, baby, to sit there patiently enough to have me empty out all the words before I actually get to the point of what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but I think the beauty of it too is acknowledging I'm, I'm honestly not very patient and I know that God can't give us anything we can't handle and he also gives us things um, to strengthen us and patience obviously is something that I needed to work on. So what better way to do that to have the, one of the most patient men on this earth and place him with me. So, you know, acknowledging that that's a strength of my husband's. Yeah, <laughs> is it patience or is it just that I'm Everything glances over my head if it's not really <laughs> <laughs> not oh, really you know, important. Just, yeah, it's just like no, you're, it's, it's not worth. Like, like I said, I'm a, I can be a deep thinker, so there are yeah. some things I don't want to think about. Like, I'm happy for that to glance over my head. No, I'll get you being placed with me. I want an answer, and I want it now. And my husband will give a, a simple answer, like I don't have the answer. And to me, that's frustrating because we all have answers. It's either a yes or a no, or we're going this way, we're going left, or we're going right. Actually, and for me, yeah. my husband just gives me the answer. 
I don't know, baby. I don't have the answer. And I'm stumped and I'm frustrated and I'm expecting direction from my husband. And the reality is neither of us have an answer. And am I okay with that? Well, God says to be still and know that I am God and that all good things come from him. So sometimes it's just having to be patient. And because my husband's honest too, um, it makes life a bit easier. But anyway, what makes a great marriage is that communication. I suppose if we go back to it, uh, communication and being honest with each other. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I, there was one other point too I wanted to bring in communication, actually hearing the person. You actually do need to yeah. hear their heart a good point. and don't block your ears off no matter how fluffy it may. If you love that person, you'll value what they have to say, um, even if it's not something that you're interested in. Um, and like he hears me, he lo- I, I love the fact that I love human behavior and I'm always trying to pull apart human behavior so I can get a bit of understanding. Whereas my husband's not, not really into that, but he hears me and I respect that about him and it makes me feel valued and it makes me feel like I'm being listened to. So when he goes to share his heart about the things he's passionate about and I may not be interested, I actually want to hear what he has to say as well. It's that give and take. I really love him that much. I'm going to take the time to hear what he has to say, even though it may not be a passion of mine. Um, it's valuable to him, so it's valuable to me. I think that's a really good segue because there are often times where I'll share with you some really creative ideas that I've had, and even though you're not quite wired the same way creatively, you still are patient enough to sit there and hear me out and what I what I enjoy about that, like even though it's not a passion of yours to know all the intricacies of how to put a film together or, you know, film a YouTube clip or do a promo or something like that, you're, you're a great soundboard. And mm-hmm. that's what I think people need to value about mm-hmm. communication, yeah. husbands and wives and yeah, uh, relationships and stuff like that, is even though I may not have the same passions that my wife has, mm. I still value that communication enough to understand that I can at least be a soundboard. I love what Ken Blanchard says. He says, uh, there is no one of us that is smarter than all of us, mm. which basically means I'm great on my own, but collectively I'm even better. Uh, I heard someone share this many years ago as your two separate histories that are coming together. Everything that informs who I am today is coming together with everything that informs who my wife is today. Mm. And sometimes our worlds are vastly different. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so it takes communication to completely understand where each other is at. Absolutely. There needs to be compromise. There needs to be uh, a humility where you're able to work through things Mm -hmm. and agree on some stuff. Mm -hmm. And it takes communication to round out that understanding absolutely and look and that's a good segue into another another point I wanted to bring in regards to marriage compromise having a compromise mentality and not a competitive mentality it's not about I'm right and he's wrong and he's he's right and I'm wrong it's about okay what's going to work well for us to keep moving forward because yeah well well actually um that's that's a point I wanted to make with um what I what I believe makes a great marriage, mm-hmm. uh, not quite the what did you call it compromise, but uh, selflessness. Mm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So communication and selflessness 
are two things that both you and I agree mm-hmm. make a great marriage. And Absolutely. That's, essentially, that's what um, making compromises is. It's about being selfless. Yeah, and I think, too, even when we're both not agreeing on something, and we've had this happen a number of times, and I think the conclusion... Not, not, not heaps. It's happened a number of times, and especially <laughs> when it comes to parenting, because we are... Oh, yes, actually, yes, you're right. Yeah, so we will... Uh, parenting was our hot, has always been our hot topic because we parent so differently. Um, but there are majority of the time we agree, but there are those minority. I think even to this day, we've agreed to disagree, but it still works for us. So, you know, if we agree to disagree, um, eventually it'll pop up again and then we come back and revisit it until we kind of come to a compromise. We don't need to nut it out and hold a record of wrongs over each other's head to try and prove a point. Um, And that's another um, thing. Keep no records of wrongs. What a waste of energy and space. It's like your brain's got is like this hard drive and you've and saved the space. It's unhealthy. <laughs> it like, is. Why would you why would you do that? Oh yeah. And it's a lot of energy that's consumed to try and remember that and go back every time you have an argument. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, well we, what we were talking about, keeping no records of wrongs, but even that about that compromising. But sometimes in a marriage you've got to agree to disagree and just leave it at that and come back and visit it if you need yeah. to. You have to be selfless. It's like bookkeeping, eh? When you when you think about it, okay, yeah, yep, yeah. that's one tick. He owes me another one. You it's know. like debt collecting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and that's not marriage. That's not a, yeah. a a marriage filled with love. That's debt collecting. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. So and you have uh, always been awesome like that. Yeah, it's it's like uh, okay, you've you've spent time with your girlfriends. Mm-hmm. You've gone out and watched a movie. It's totaled this amount. Mm. That means I can go and spend X amount of dollars on whatever I want to do. Yeah. Um. Again, that's that's something that's not healthy mm. in a relationship. Another point I think should be raised is appreciating each other's differences. Appreciating each other's differences is valuing the differences rather than trying to change them to suit your what you believe yes. is appropriate for your marriage because the differences are actually strengths to build your marriage too they, yeah. they're not there to divide you they're there to unite you so you know I like that when he is weak I'm strong um when he's weak I'm strong and there have been times where I've you know, I've been weak in many facets and my husband's come in and, and scooped me up and I think I've done a 21 points of why I love you and one of them is that, you know, he he comes in when I'm weak and um, he loves me no matter what. He has belief and confidence in me even when I don't have that in myself. So if he loves and appreciates that about me, you know, I... I should be showing the same love and compassion towards him um, in his times of weaknesses and stuff like that. But even in our, like, we are so different. Like, my husband, he's an entertainer. He's very creative. He's very innovative. um, And he's very expressive. And he's always been, um, like, a performer. And when he stands in a crowd, I'm going to stop. Don't say anything. I'm talking to my husband, that is. When he stands in a crowd, I guarantee majority of people will look to him. Um, and especially when we were growing up in youth group, they used to just love him. He'd stand there and they'll be looking at him like, is he going to do something? Is he going to do something great? 
I'm the complete opposite. I try and hide away in the crowd. I used to try and hide in the kitchen. I'm not, I never deemed myself as creative or innovative or, and I'm happy to stay in the background and stand there. But he never tried to force me into the limelight. He never tried to force me to do things that he was doing so that he had a buddy next to him. And those are the differences that we're talking about. His strengths aren't necessarily my strengths, but he never tried to force me into that space. Um, and neither should we try to make each other like the other, <laughs> because we've got to remember that sometimes yeah. we're placed together and that's what makes us whole. There are idiosyncrasies about one spouse that the other spouse appreciates. So when they first get together, they appreciate those differences. They they appreciate those little quirky things about the other the the other person. Um, and then you track forward a few years, and all of a sudden, that same person doesn't like those idiosyncrasies, mm-hmm. doesn't like those differences, and mm-hmm. and so they spend their time trying to reshape. And um, I've actually seen that in a lot of relationships out there. It's more common than people think. And and I guess to some degree, you and I have been guilty of that in the past. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But we've understood how it affected each other. Mm-hmm. When I tried to force you into uh, into a particular mold and vice versa, neither of us enjoyed that. Um, well, what's an example? <laughs> this podcast <laughs> is an example. So I'm, like I said, I never liked the limelight. I don't, I never liked attention being put on me. I, I didn't like that. But because I love the fact that my husband's so passionate about this, I want to be a part of his world. So even though this may not be my cup of tea, I make it my cup of tea because I'm willing to go into his world um, to hear his heart, to see what he's doing. And I want to be a part of his world all the time. Uh, Not all the time, but this is a part of me that I'm willing to let go of and compromise in order for us to work together. I I think it's an awesome opportunity. Um, And he asked me, and and I'm, I'm quite happy to do that. That's a good point you raised too. Um, it's it reminds me of the word unity. Mm-hmm. Now, um, here's a here's a perception that a lot of people have out there, and you you might want to offer something about this, baby. Is um, what what your idea of unity is, and so there are there, there's a school of of thought that is that goes like there's a school of thought that goes like this. Whatever I do, I want you to do because that's unity. You and I are one. Mm. I don't quite think that way. My thoughts are you and I are one, irrespective of what I do. Mm -hmm. So everything I do represents me and my wife. Mm -hmm. Whether that's, I mean, for example, if if someone's a famous rugby league player, because that is the only sport that exists, uh, but if someone was a a rugby league player, they're not going to expect their spouse to strap up and put the boots on and run out there with them because that's impractical. But when it comes to a lot of activities out there, there are husbands or wives that do expect the other person to kind of do that, mm-hmm. figurative, uh, figuratively speaking. Mm-hmm. They They see unity as doing the same thing together always but like with you and I if if there's 
you know, we... we... No, let's, let, let's use nipple. Hey, let's use nipple. <laughs> I just said league is the only sport that exists. Yeah, but let's use nipple. Seen as it. What's nipple? Oh, I don't know. It's it's just a common interest that I have. So if we're gonna hit topics and this this and I'm gonna be real, this stings a bit. But if he's not keen to come, he's got four daughters. I wanted my husband to be a part of everything. I'm passionate about. I was passionate about nipple. Still am a little bit, a little bit consumed with it actually. But anyway. Um, there came to a point you, where the consumption just, was just overwhelming for, the record, baby, for him. You are an awesome sports person. You've got a lot of skills. You could have gone far. Yeah, thank thank you. I'm not I'm not yeah, but thank you. Anyway, okay. so if we come in in regards to Nepal, he was overwhelmed with it because of my passion for it. <laughs> I've got four daughters, so all of them played netball. All it of them was, play netball. It was all consuming. <laughs> I was coaching it. I was playing it. My daughters were playing it. Nearly like every day of the week was filled with netball when it's winter time. Yeah, yeah. If it so, wasn't, if it wasn't you training or you coaching or the kids doing their trainings or you guys playing on Saturday from like eight o'clock through to two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. We were either watching it on TV or something like that. My my fault for having four daughters. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful I have four daughters. Well, he tried to influence them to play rugby, but none of them were interested because I was the one that would have to, like I was taking them to trainings. I said to my husband, by all means, if you want them to play rugby, you take them to trainings, you train them. Hey, I was And willing. anyway, back to the point, the consumption of it all became overwhelming for my husband that he no longer wanted to be a part of it. He was supportive of it. That didn't mean that we weren't unified. So I'd ask him to come down, and it was passion of mine, but he never wanted to, you know, he got to a point where, now I've had enough. I don't want to do this anymore. And to a point I was like, he doesn't want to be a part of it. We're not unified. I never used those words, but he doesn't want to be there. So, you know, that's the vision. But when you have a look at unity, he's supporting from the sideline. He's contributing, he's encouraging, and he's inspiring all of us to be there. Now, to me, my perspective of unity is that we're still unified. He's not trying to put a wedge between us and move aside just because he may not be there physically, you know, uh, emotionally and mentally and financially, he was contributing to the vision. So it doesn't really matter that he may not have been there physically. We were still unified and we were okay with that. That's not to say I was never there. Yeah, but he picked and chose what, what yeah. where he when he well, would. Yeah, and eventually me, it got to that point. <laughs> to me, it was like, don't sweat the small stuff. It's okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's don't sweat good. the small stuff. It's not even worth it. Like, far out four daughters and a wife that plays it. But that's what we're talking about in regards to unity. Yeah. Is it worth sweating the small stuff where he's already supporting in his own way? Yeah. And to me, nah, that, it's all good. <laughs> and I think, like, even in a church capacity, um, you know, there there are different ministries that we serve in. Um, I wouldn't expect you to participate in the creative ministry if that's something you're not passionate about. Mm-hmm. I'm passionate about being creative in several different forms, but I'm not gonna. I'm not about to force you to mm-hmm. come into my world and mm-hmm. join that ministry and be passionate about it just the same as me. Yeah. Um, but I believe that when I'm in there, I represent you. Mm-hmm. I represent everything that's, that that makes you and I who we are. And I believe that you and I are one flesh. So no matter where I go, no matter what it is I'm involved in, mm-hmm. I represent my wife. Now, um, 
So we're equal in essence, but different in function, but we're still unified. Yeah. So it, it doesn't, like for us, we we find strength in each other being released into fulfilling their purpose and their passion. Um, sometimes we need to realign and reset because yep. sometimes we need to make sure that our home life is intact and that's including our children, our marriage. How many times a week have we seen each other? That's so important is, is making sure we have time for each other. Um, how long has it been since we shared each other's hearts? Um, or are we starting to, especially when we're getting niggly at each other, like we're taking little digs and it's like, mm, okay. Yeah. Those there, are kind of there's signs. A, there's, there's another thing too around that, which is quantity over quality or vice versa. And it's each to their own. Like, mm. however, whatever quality, however quality looks to each relationship, it's each to their own. Yeah. Um, but I believe in quality over quantity. So, you and I could spend 24 hours together and barely say a word or do anything that's remotely conducive to us mm-hmm. building on our marriage. Mm-hmm. And we could also have two hours in the entire day and we maximize that that time together. We make the most of it. Okay, after 21 years, what I've learned, some of the, some of the very few things I've learned because marriage has been a journey and I'm still learning new things about my husband. But after 21 years, um, a couple of things that I've learned is not to let the sun go down on my anger. And now it is scriptural. Um, but trying not to go to bed angry. Um, you know, and I've really learned how to filter through things. What, um, Boy, that can be a challenge. Yeah. Oh, no, nah, definitely. I remember <laughs> I used to be able to like go to bed angry for a week and I had the worst sleeps. Yeah, we'd have disagreements and I'd go to bed at night time and I'd have the worst sleeps and I used to be able to hold them for, and I'm not proud of it, this isn't something I'm boasting about, used to be able to hold it for a week or two. And as a, a mature woman now, I think, how stupid. <laughs> <laughs> what a waste of time being angry and upset. And honestly, I reckon that's why I would have looked a lot older than what I was. <laughs> um, but the terrible sleeps, the cold nights, the, you know, the the pettiness around holding yeah, a grudge at night time. But, um, yeah, not to let the sun go down. So I, I keep short accounts now. So I try yeah. and resolve things before I go to sleep so that I can have my peace so, um, yeah, did you want to share something on that? That's a really great insight you've offered there, especially when you're talking about um, pettiness, mm. which is, uh, you and I were talking about that before, the tit-for-tat kind of thing. That's that's petty, but I never see that going down well. and I've never seen any relationship mm-hmm. thrive. Mm. Not We're not talking about a relationship surviving, but I've never seen a relationship thrive through pettiness. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So and look, that's something that we've grown and developed over time to make sure that we try not to go to sleep with anger. We try to resolve the issue before we go to sleep, and so we have a peaceful sleep, and we're better for it the next day. Yeah. Um. And another thing that I I try not to do um was bringing up the past. Man, I had a black list for <laughs> a little black book, and um and I remember as you a, didn't. Yeah, I did. I I would bring I don't things up. You did. That's because he keeps short accounts and he forgets. Well, he, yes, he I forgives. do forget. But. And he forgives. <laughs> he keeps short accounts. Whereas me, oh, mate, I could remember things like, you know, you didn't do the dishes on 
January the 25th, 1996. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what a waste of memory bank. Um, you know, not bringing up the past all the and, time. And you're probably right. I probably didn't <laughs> on that date. Yeah, and no, he wouldn't remember. He's like, what, 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 when, what, why, how? <laughs> and I could name the date, the time, and when it happened, and the year. How ridiculous is that? Um, but again, keeping short accounts and forgiving easy. I like, I would try to, like, I could hold grudges. Um, but now I'm like, if he was to bring things up now, I've kind of adopted a, and this is where my husband's shrinks were. Um, I've kind of adopted his value as like, if God, if God forgives us, um, who are we to remember the sins of, of all our brothers and sisters? Because I've got to look at the log in my own eye before I look at the twig in someone else's. And that helped me to empathize and have compassion for others. So let, let me come clean for a minute. It's not really that I forgive easy. It's that I forget about it fast. Like there's, there's times where we even... If if we were ever ever to reflect back on certain incidents between us, mm. I'd forget how it even started. Actually, mid mid argument, I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten how it even started. <laughs> <laughs> and that can be a strength, but to me, that was a weakness too because I'm I feel like I was arguing with myself, so I wasn't ever going to win because <laughs> I had no one to fight with. <laughs> and because he would be like, "Oh yeah, okay then, yeah, I'm sorry," and and I'm like, well, this kind of feels meaningless to me. So it's just like, oh, just let it go. Just let it go. I think one thing you and I have agreed on even recently is that we there, there's there's a stubborn nature to the both of us where if I'm right, I don't want to back down on that. And you'd feel the same. So it's not healthy for you and I to get into an argument or into a disagreement because we're both going to try and convince the other person that we were right all along and it's never a great outcome, eh? Nah. So, you know, you and I have, have agreed to just let let peace reign uh, in those instances and mm. just just move forward. You know, words have the power of life and death in them. So remember, your words go forth and they can sting. And one word can sit in a person's heart and memory for a lifetime. So be careful yep. what you say, especially in your marriage. Like I said, you don't want to remember those things, but there are some things that sting and they do take some time to heal. So be careful what you say and really think about what you say before you say it. And if you're angry, don't say it. Move away from the situation. Have a think about it. Let the anger simmer down um, and think clearly. That's something that I've learned in 21 years. I was a little bit of a hothead too, so. Yeah, you were, man. <laughs> I was, yeah. I I've, think I, I, I actually I actually like that quality of about you, though. You're a fighter. You're a pretty, pretty little fighter. Oh, and that used to annoy me too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. he. I used to be, like, going off at him, you know, telling him what you need to do and and you need to and he's sitting there with these giggly eyes looking at me like borderline smiling and he's trying to grab me and give me a hug and he goes I love you (laughs) oh come here you look beautiful when you're angry and I'm like this is making me worse this isn't helping (laughs) you're not really painting yourself in a great light Do, do yourself some justice you've come a long way 
I'm getting there. I'm getting to that place where I've right. I have come a okay. long way. Like, but I'm 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 real though. I'm yeah. saying that it's been a journey, but these are the areas where we've complemented each other. My husband's strengths have ha- actually helped me to be the woman that I am today. A lot of people think that I just arrived here. A lot of people that I've met now think that I've always been like this. Oh, if they only knew where you and I were when we first got yeah, together. Yeah, people would think that we've we just arrived here and we were always like this. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to paint that picture. You know, we've been through a lot of struggles ourselves and challenges along the way. And um, when we share our hearts with people, sometimes we share it from experience. Sometimes we share it from um, from things that we've observed, but... We're always there to love and encourage and give you hope. I suppose yeah. this is why we're sharing, why I'm yeah. sharing some of the challenges is that I'm not perfect. However, I'm, I'm constantly working towards greater things for the, best, for the best interest of my husband and our marriage and our children because they're the future and they've got to see what a healthy relationship looks like. Yeah. And that's what we strive for. One of the things I wanted to touch on is after 21 years, what I've learned is to have great examples around you, to surround yourself with great examples, with people that inspire you mm-hmm. on how to treat your husband or how to treat your wife. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, the house that I grew up in with my grandparents, um, I never once, my entire life that I grew up in their house, I never once saw them argue. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably, They probably did. They probably had their disagreements, but I never heard it. And I never saw it, mm-hmm. ever. And my grandfather was was the ultimate gentleman. Mm-hmm. In my eyes, he could do no wrong, and I'm pretty sure he was that way with my grandmother as well. Um, so they were the first great example. Mm-hmm. And that was important to me because I was young mm-hmm. and impressionable. Mm-hmm. And that example that was displayed before me allowed me to know what a healthy relationship looked like. Mm. When we when we did finally get married, we were also surrounding ourselves with key couples and, and some great friends that displayed things in their marriage that we wanted to apply to us. And I don't mean that we need to bend ourselves out of shape to become a relationship that we see vicariously or, or you mm-hmm. know a relationship that we see happening external to us. Mm. Um, but you can glean from what you see around you, from your surroundings and your environment and the people that you place yourself in and and witness um, how they treat each other and apply those qualities to your marriage as mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. to help you move forward. So, yeah, find great examples. Yeah. Always find great examples and have that humility to be able to learn from those examples, even from the bad ones. Yeah. The, bad, the bad relationships can inform you. Mm. I mean... Uh, just to give some people out there some level of context, uh, I've just shared how I saw marriage growing up. My wife had a very different view, mm-hmm. um, but both of our histories, which is something that we spoke about earlier, uh, informed us on how we were to relate to each other. So there were examples that I saw growing up mm-hmm. that I wanted to apply to our marriage, and there were examples my wife saw growing up that were very negative that she didn't want to apply to our marriage. So all of those different things informed us and enabled us to build what we have today. Mm 
I agree with my husband. Um, surround yourself with inspiring, motivating people. Have a vision for your marriage. Yeah. Make sure, because whatever you Ooh, see. Have a realistic vision? Well, have a vision. Okay. Don't don't aim towards nothing, you know. If you see, aim to see your marriage a successful marriage. Because if you have a vision, then you have something to aim towards. I had to change something in my life to make me um, really make that vision for our marriage work. Like for me, God was the hugest thing because he taught me and he showed me um, a different way of life where if I put him at the center of it all, everything else, and he and I allowed him to teach me his ways, that I know that it would be so much stronger. And I've and I've had that strong value and belief um, since I gave my my life to, I committed my life to following after his word. And it's actually been the center of why I do what I do. Um, which is why it's important to surround yourself with great examples. Oh, absolutely. And look, I, I surrounded myself with um, married women that would, challenge some thoughts as well and and it didn't seem nice at the time like um always speaking well of each other that was a that was a big thing for me because what I had grown up in it was quite a cynical um cynical environment where when we that we talk about our partners it was always in a kind of not so good way yeah um we kind of running them down and having la and it's it's hilarious it was hilarious at that time but then being placed in an environment and being surrounded by married couples that would say, "Oh, you're 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 like that, eh, honey? You you're just an awesome painter, and you do so well." And and I'm like, "Are they being sarcastic?" Because in my in my family world and upbringing, that's sarcasm. But there was no laughter. There was a true genuineness in it. And when I would watch this wife praise her husband, um, you could see his his heart and his eyes lit up when she would praise him. And I was like. He actually looks really cool when he hears his wife, you know, she, he really takes it on board. And so when I started to be sitting around that all the time, and it wasn't just that one couple, there'll be another couple that'll say, you were awesome today on the guitar, honey, you were amazing, and on the drums, and, you know, and I'm sitting there looking at these people, and they're genuinely expressing genuine love towards their um, husbands, and I was like, do I want to do that? Because I like the feeling of knowing that when I'm saying something, I actually mean it. So that was the path of change for me, is actually when I kept being consumed, when I was like nearly saturated with these amazing women surrounding me, showing me how to be a wife um, and how to love my husband. Um, and they were older women too. Um, I adopted it and it actually made me feel better too. Um, knowing that yeah. when I was saying, oh, babe, you're so amazing, um, it made me feel better because I knew that it was truth. But for whatever reason, if I told the truth, I kind of felt guilty because it's like I haven't been raised that way to to tell them the truth about how great they are and how amazing he is. And he is. He's amazing. He's he's so creative. But like highlighting his 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 potential and his growth and everything he's doing is wow it's amazing and I fully believe it and um, with whereas before it's like sarcasm oh you're so good you know you're so good how you don't put that toilet seat down <laughs> I always put the toilet seat down he by does. the way he does <laughs> it's just something that every other woman may be able to relate to because <laughs> my husband is not like that <laughs> um yeah I, I think that's a really important um point to leave with the audience mm -hmm. is 
uh, is as as you said. Um, you have to understand that you you are one flesh. Mm-hmm. As a husband and wife, you're individuals, but you're also one flesh. So, uh, as we said before, it doesn't matter if we're together or if we're separate. And I'm hanging out with the guys. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to in that group of people run my wife down. That's right. Because I'm actually running down a part of me. Yeah. And I don't see how that's going to benefit my relationship. And I don't see how that's going to take me forward mm-hmm. in life mm-hmm. if I'm running down the person that means the most to me. Absolutely. And so it's important to understand that wherever you are, no matter whether you're together or not, mm-hmm. you are always sowing seeds toward yep. your future where your mm-hmm. marriage is concerned. So um, I make sure that I'm not speaking against my wife or putting her down or uh, uh, belittling her in front of others. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I'm saying things that are encouraging, that are sowing seed toward uh, a better future for us, that I'm always going to uplift and and talk my wife up and empower her. Mm -hmm. Because in that process, I think uh, people say it like this, her success is my success. Yes. And that's an important thing to remember. Don't be insecure about how far your wife or your husband go mm-hmm. uh, goes in, yeah. in whatever pursuit they have. Understand that wherever they go, you're going to because you're one flesh. That's right. So it's in your best interest to sow seeds toward that, yeah. that that encourage that and that, uh, that spur that on. Yeah. And I, I think you've left it on an awesome note, babe. Um, I think that's the perfect way to end the podcast is – you know, always love and praise each other, um, whether we're around or whether you're not, you know, always speak well of each other, love each other, um, you know, always speak well. That was one, love and encourage each other, always, always speak well, always. always speak well of each other, spend time speaking and hearing each other, have a vision for your marriage, um, keep short accounts, forgive quickly, don't bring up the past, um, don't let the sun go down on your anger, um, I think keep no records of wrongs, um, make a commitment to make it work. Humility is the key too. Yeah, and and don't let bitterness creep in oh, at any point. It. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it can be an ugly, ugly road. Well, we want to thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Thank you. And hearing this podcast. Well, thank you for tuning into this podcast. And let me just say for all the people out there, if you're, if you're keen to – listen to our podcast regularly we are going to be uploading every friday night at 10 p.m australian eastern standard time that may adjust but for now that's what it is Mm -hmm. so consider downloading the anchor app and through the app if you have a if you have a question to ask us you can record audio and we can play that back on the show and answer it as well so thank you everyone for tuning in thank you for tuning in to the pill the pill a podcast about purpose, influence, life, and leadership. Also, if you want to follow us, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube under Dan Titoko, T-A-I-T-O-K-O, and you'll be able to find my wife on Instagram and Facebook at Paula Titoko. Join us again next Friday on The Pill, and uh, thank you for coming along on the journey. Peace out. That's us. Oh, 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 oh,